At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Good evening, Rifters! This is Rifts and Rules, the 5e D&D podcast where we go through the many 5e books and talk about various rules to enhance your gameplay experience. I'm Remy, Dungeon Master, and a player on the Riftweek podcast. I'm Mitch, a player on Riftwake and a D&D enthusiast. And today's topic is Extra Dimensional Spaces! Yay! So, I am a massive fan of Extra Dimensional Spaces, but actually, before I go off on my typical rant, hey Mitch, what is an Extra Dimensional Space? Bag of holding. Yes, indeed. Can you name any others? Hammer Space. Hammer space? I don't yeah, think there's a, a hammer space spell in 5th edition. No, but it's another term used for what's basically a bag of holding. Yeah. <sighs> My brain just immediately uh, went to Harley Quinn. Yeah, let's see. The handy haversack. Uh, probably a fanny pack of some kind. <laughs> not by rules as written, but it doesn't mean there couldn't be. At least not for 5th can you think of any non-item extra-dimensional spaces? Hmm. I know there is, but I'm drawing a blank. All right. Some so spell with a room or something. Yeah. So actually, before I go too far, uh, just lost in the void, uh, can you tell me what is an extra-dimensional space? Uh, space in another dimension? An extra dimension, as it were? Uh-huh. How about a little more in layman's terms? Uh, a way to loot shit. <laughs> uh, I mean, you're not wrong. So most of how we see extra dimensional spaces in 5th edition D&D is the idea of the bag that is larger on the inside or the space that is larger on the inside. The TARDIS. So, the TARDIS. So any extra dimensional space is just making use of just dimensional bullshit to just have a space or an object that is larger on the inside. It's all timey-wimey. So, and Yes, wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey. You know, it's bullshit. funny. I know all these Doctor Who things. Never seen an episode. Uh, that is actually somewhat surprising. That seems like it'd be up your alley. It's on my list. You know, yeah, but, but there's a big list. Yeah, I too understand. Big. I understand. Anyway, so most extra dimensional spaces that we typically see in a D and D game are going to just be the items that do interact with an extra dimensional space. The most classic of which, as you did first say, is the bag of holding. So I am curious, though. Do you actually know just like the details of how big a bag of holding is uh, i i know there are specifics but i don't know them off the top of my head all right so 
it is a two foot diameter and four foot deep space. So big enough for you know a person to crouch and sit in, but it's really not actually that large a space for the bag of holding. Now, are you aware of the classic weakness of a bag of holding and other extra dimensional items? Doesn't it explode if you damage it? Or if well, you put it put another bag of holding in a bag of holding, something like that? Both of those do separate bad things. So yeah. If a bag is overloaded, pierced, or torn, it ruptures and is destroyed. And its contents are scattered in the astral plane. So all your shit gets lost in another dimension if the bag is destroyed. On the other hand, placing a bag of holding inside an extra-dimensional space created by a handy haversack, portable hole, or similar item instantly destroys both items and opens a gate to the astral plane. The gate originates where one item was placed inside the other. Any creature within 10 feet of the gate is sucked through it to a random location on the astral plane. The gate then closes. The gate is one way only and can't be reopened. Well, shit. That's dangerous as fuck. Yeah, just a little. I would say more than a little. Because uh, one aspect of that that I do feel the need to point out, any creature within 10 feet of the gate is sucked through. Note the lack of saving throw. It just fucking happens automatically with no save. So a lot of the time people complain about save or die type effects. You don't even get a saving throw with this one. You just get sent into another dimension to a place that may or may not have air. So you might just near instantly suffocate and die. Probably will. So that's dangerous. Now, there is one very important caveat here that most people do not notice. I'm curious, do you, were you able to hear the loophole-ish bit to the whole, you know, bag of holding inside, destroyed, portal, yada yada? Mm, nope. All right. It's when the bag of holding or is placed in the extra-dimensional space created by a similar item. So spells don't apply? Spells don't apply. Bag of holdings, handy haversacks, portable holes, any item that has an extra-dimensional space cannot get put inside one another. But it does, by rules as written, right here say similar item. It doesn't just say Placing a bag of holding in an extra-dimensional space causes this bad thing to happen. It is very specific that it is when it is placed inside the extra-dimensional space of an item. So there are enough subtle differences then that extra-dimensional spaces caused by spells do not interact with extra-dimensional items. And that is massively important, and yet very, very frequently just missed full on. So if you do have spells that are able to create an extra-dimensional space, then you can safely have a bag of holding brought into that space. So with that in mind, 
are you aware of any of the spells that do make use of extra-dimensional spaces? Not by name, but I do know they exist. Okay, fair enough. So there are actually quite a few of them that have just various types of interactions. So first things first is Rope Trick. So that might be the one that you were originally thinking of. That, just... that was one of them I was thinking of. Okay. So it's honestly a pretty nifty spell because it does just give you an extra dimensional space that is just invisible to just look into from below and just makes a small extra dimensional space that you can just hang out in for an hour. And as a second level spell, that's actually pretty awesome. Plus it can save your ass. Also that. So yeah, like it one thing that does irk me a little, it doesn't explicitly say how large the extra dimensional space is. Like you can guess and calculate, but it's not explicit. Because it all that it says is that the space can hold as many as eight medium or smaller creatures. And then also that, you know, the rope can get just pulled into the space, making it disappear from outside view. So, okay, so if you assume that there's a trap door below and then eight spaces, like my D&D brain says, okay, so it's a 15 foot extra dimensional space because that would be eight squares with one taken up by, you know, the window or whatever you want. Yeah, three by three cube. Right. So it's probably that. But the fact that it's not explicit just kind of does piss me off. That's just not ideal writing. But the assumption can safely be made, I feel, to just, as a DM, you could just say, yeah, yeah, it's a 15-foot space, which is actually a pretty decently sized space. So for a second-level spell, Rope Trick is really I, I freaking handy. I think that's handy. bigger than my bedroom. It definitely would be bigger than my bedroom. Like, that is a, honestly a pretty solid-sized space. Although the downside, of course, is that it does only last for one hour. So it is. it definitely is something that has limitations. So don't store your furniture. <laughs> well or do and then just <laughs> plan to kill someone by dropping your furniture on them uh yeah, you could ju- you could just pull all kinds of acme shit using rope trick actually well, d- does it open the same space every time like if you if you leave like a plate of food in there will that plate of food be there the next time you open anything inside the extra dimensional space drops out when the spell ends oh yeah yeah they thought of that <sighs> yeah so that is slightly disappointing on the other hand, let's go ahead and scale up a little bit more now to Mordenkainen's Magnificent Mansion, uh, sometimes also just called Magnificent Mansion. This spell is some bullshit, and I would argue is one of those ought-to-be-world-changing spells, but just isn't because most magic users are assholes, I guess. Is that the one with, like, magic butlers and shit, too? It is, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So first things first, it is a seventh level spell for bards and wizards. So this is one that is way more limited just in a world, just because there aren't going to be nearly as many people that are capable of using this spell. Which is a shame. But at the same time, could you imagine how bullshit and hilarious a wand of Magnificent Mansion would be? Like, if you did just make a magic item able to create this. Anyway, so one minute casting time, 24 hour duration. 
So instead of just having the one hour of road trip, you have a mansion for a full day. So conjure an extra dimensional dwelling. It has entrance, yada, 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 yada. Don't really care. You can create any floor plan you like, but the space can't exceed 50, 50, 10-foot cubes. And it's furnished and decorated as you like, contains sufficient food to serve a nine-course banquet for up to 100 people, and has a staff of 100 near-transparent services to attend to those who enter. Jeez, this spell is nuts. Okay, so what... So 50 10-foot cubes. So that's a 5,000-square-foot mansion? That's pretty big. 5,000 square feet is nothing shabby. And this is something that particularly powerful magic users can just fucking conjure up on the fly. And again, this is an extra-dimensional space, which means that it doesn't actually take up space on the physical plane. So you just are able to create this, and there's just a little door somewhere that is generally invisible while this thing is in use. So you just have an invisible door that leads into a 5,000 square foot mansion with food and servants. So, yeah. Now, it says enough food for a nine-course meal for 100 people. Nine-course banquet, not even meal. Yes. So... If you don't give everyone a nine-course meal, you could feed a lot more people. Why, yes. Yes, you could. You could also house a lot of people. You know what I would use it for? Military barracks. Honestly, could you imagine how terrifying it'd be if you just had, like, ten items in the hands of military, and then they just have, like, ten... Again, invisible door magnet. Like, could you imagine how easy it would be to move troops across territory with this? Oh, yeah. That'd be terrifying. Make sure they get well-rested, you know, day before you siege. and Yeah, well-fed. Yeah. And again, the fact that it is, like you said, nine-course banquet. So if you just, you know, divvy that up, I mean, you could still pretty easily have, like, 500 average meals, you know, for each magnificent mansion. And that also means then that if you had either a magic user casting this or an item capable of doing so, well, that means that you don't have to pay for food for that quantity of people. So that just really impacts your logistics. So just in terms of food and living space and convenience alone, like military, like this would pay for itself in really not terribly much time. Yeah, even if you have to like hire out a wizard to do the do the magic, you know. See, it'd be worth that it. would get troublesome. But like honestly, if you just consider like the commission cost of an item of this, I mean, as much as I despise the pricing, there is the helm of teleportation is a canonical fifth edition magic item that is only a rare magic item that has. 1d3 charges regained each day but only has up to three charges but cast teleport which is also a seventh level spell so by rules as written this spell could be just reskinned helm of teleportation and then you just have easily one day casting of this on a rare magic item so yeah even at the maximum 
you know, suggested price of 5,000 gold. So if you have 5,000 gold for a once a day casting of Magnificent Mansion, that'll pay for itself really, really fast. If you're feeding 500 people a day, so even if you consider that it's only average food, like assuming that would still be what 500 silver. Okay. So yeah, but how much, how much is tents for 500 soldiers that you don't need anymore? Exactly. But I'm saying just the food alone would pay for itself relatively quickly, even before you factor everything else. So just, it would just make military sense for every army in your world that has the ability to get some of this should because god damn would that be effective and not to mention it's also fun to just think about as just adventurers even if you do just go back to the more small scale like how cool would it be for adventurers to just to come across just like you're traveling on the road and then you you just you know see some just random you know magic user dressed individual just step out of an invisible portal and he just you know greets them and just like you know oh hello travelers uh yeah i was just uh going for a stroll just digesting you know just pats his stomach and just starts going for a walk they get invited in and you just kind of introduce that yeah this just is a thing that people use in your world and they just you know are allowed to spend the night and just make use of like oh shit this is something that we might have one day this is something that we might get access to for us like if you do have a group that has been like traveling through the woods for some number of weeks or just through a desert for like just any harsh environment could you imagine how amazing it would feel to them to just find out that something like this is accessible and then to find out that oh yeah you might get your hands on that you know and just to kind of dangle it in front of them that like this is a thing that's possible in the world like i i think that that would be honestly pretty interesting just from like a storytelling perspective to just kind of introduce and just to like for lack of a better word taunt your players with well now i'm kind of picturing like the party wizard has the spell the whole time and it's told nobody <laughs> that would be a dick move fucking hell or just like they just can't, they just burn their spell slots on useless shit oh man that would hurt you know i never see you with a tent or anything yeah i'm fine don't worry about oh, it. oh no if they're just casting it for themselves and just <laughs> yeah what, just that themself. is oh boy oh yeah like i have like a 10 bedroom extra dimensional space but you know that's just like in case i do decide to entertain and i don't want to oh man that would be such a dick move and they eat their eat their friends food and shit before going in there <laughs> we had to why eat you dave why <laughs> <laughs> That's a character goal right now. I, I've decided. Uh, <laughs> just to get access to that spell, but never use it? Oh, no, I'll use it every night. Or, sorry, never share it? Yeah. All right, well, you gotta be a 13th level character. But, uh, yeah, sure. Maybe, maybe level Valmir Bard ever wizard. comes back. Yeah, I mean, honestly, he was just about there. <laughs> he, he, he would totally do that, too. Oh man! Uh, well, I probably funny. share with Nor, but yeah, yeah, but not mention it to the rest. Oh man! 
so Gorif outside sleeping in the cold. Yeah, that checks out. So also, there are a few other just interactions with extra-dimensional space that are, I feel, just kind of neat worth mentioning. So first off is, of course, the anti-magic field. That is a crazy powerful effect where just you can't have active magic inside it. So what's kind of neat about that is that extra-dimensional spaces are an active form of magic. So it actually does get specifically called out like that the opening of an extra-dimensional space, such as that created by a rope trick, temporarily closes while in the sphere. Which is really cool to me, honestly, because that has some kind of weird implications, too. So it temporarily closes. So what happens when the rope trick ends and the extra-dimensional space, or the anti-magic is still going? Like, does it still just collapse and everything falls out? Does it just mean that it artificially extends the duration of Rope Trick until it can end? And I just think it's kind of neat to think about because this is one where there actually isn't a solid answer. And that's kind of okay for once for me because that creates some interesting questions on how that might interact. Now, also, uh, in Wildmount, they introduced another spell for with an extra dimensional space which is only a second level spell and this is something called wrist pocket which i find to be a very interesting idea because it is actually even closer to hammer space so flick your wrist causing one object in your hand to vanish the object which only you can be holding and can weigh no more than five pounds is transported to an extra dimensional space where it remains for the duration until the spell ends, you can use your action to summon the object to your free hand, and you can use an object to return the object to the extra-dimensional space. And the object still in the pocket plane, when the spell ends, appears in your space at your feet. That's fucking cool! Like, that is pretty much full-on hammer space. Yeah, pretty much. So having this be a thing in a D&D world is awesome to me. Especially if you do consider just that the existence of this means that it is magically possible. And if something is magically possible from a spell, it can get adapted into a magic item. So if you have a magic item with, with this magic incorporated into it, then you can have that kind of more, you know, video gamey type stuff for certain aspects like maybe you do have like a weapon that you're able to just call and banish to your hand or your armor is able to just get like banished to an extra dimensional space until you need it which is kind of cool to think about and also honestly helps because like the whole idea of sleeping in armor is something that like a lot of dungeon masters like ask questions about is something that a lot of players just don't like to worry or think about. But if you do just make use of this and then just like, okay, yeah, you can have your armor back on just as an action, then that just helps be a kind of nice middle ground for that debate, honestly. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. So you can just have, like, yeah, you know, you just banish your armor when you go to bed, but then, like, if something startles you, then you can just be armored up again just immediately. 
Like that's a brilliant thing that you can just make use of in your world. So yeah, I really like that spell. And even though that is, you know, from Wildmount, you know, critical role, I don't care. And I just am always going to just make use of any form of good magic, just regarding of the source. If something just interests me, I'm going to adapt that into my world because as dungeon masters, that's what we are able to do. Just incorporate anything that interests us into just development of our worlds. So that is a lot of the extra dimensional spaces that exist in items that exist in spells. Is there any other types of extra dimensional spaces that I have not mentioned? You're asking the wrong guy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Fair enough. But probably. But yes. So permanency is another hotly debated subject in 5th edition D&D. So permanency was a spell that existed in other editions of D&D, but does not currently exist in 5th edition. And the whole idea of that spell was that it could be used to make the effects of other spells permanent. So this was a spell that could be used So to stick with the Magnificent Mansion example, so that instead of having Magnificent Mansion with a 24-hour duration, Magic Mansion with permanency also cast on it would then make a permanent extra-dimensional space Magnificent Mansion, which would be amazing. But again, 5th edition does not canonically have that at this point in time, except it does. Which honestly infuriates me. Uh, are you aware of the newer book, Candlekeep Mysteries? Uh, I'm aware it exists. Okay. So the whole idea of Candlekeep is that it is just a massive, you know, super magical library that can just exist in, you know, the Forgotten Realms. You could adapt it to exist, you know, to be an other magical library just in Eberron or just in your own world. So the whole book is written so that it is able to be adapted and used in whatever setting you want to use it. Like that's one of the nice benefits of the book is that it's just full of just good ideas on how you might implement just a big magical library. So one part that is mentioned though is actually very specifically, there's a uh, little header that is extra dimensional spaces. Candlekeep has invisible doorways to dozens of permanent extra-dimensional spaces, some as small as a room at an inn, and others as large as the space created by Demiplane or Mordenkainen's Magnificent Mansion spell. Uh, They try to keep track of all the extra-dimensional spaces in Candlekeep, but a few forgotten doorways lurk in the library, their locations or access requirements lost. So, it is now canon that it is possible to make permanent extra-dimensional spaces. What there is not is any indication as to how, which infuriates me. I love permanency, and the idea of making permanent magical effects is right up my alley. But here it's almost a taunt, like, yeah, it's possible, but we're not going to tell you how. I hate that. It bothers me. I love the fact that it is here and it exists now, but that lack of information bothers me a lot. 
Uh, it really does just irk something fierce. Anyway, the point being, though, okay, I'm going to just disregard my fury for a moment and just focus on the good part. It's there. You can have permanent extra-dimensional spaces. So, what is also neat, so when I was talking about spells, I actually had skipped over Demiplane. Are you familiar with that one, Mitch? I think that might have been the one I was trying to think of earlier. Oh, okay, cool. So what do you know about that one? I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) I heard someone use it on a podcast. That's the end of my memory. Okay. So plane refers to, you know, a plane of existence. So most D&D takes place on the material plane. And then, of course, there's also the astral plane and lots and lots more. So demi is usually like that is the prefix that technically just means half. So half plane or like demigod is the more commonly heard version of that word. But the whole idea is that a demiplane is like a small or partial plane. So whether a extra dimensional space is a demiplane, whether a demiplane is an extra dimensional space is something that might actually be some amount of debate amongst magical scholars, but that's probably going a little bit too far for uh, our sake. But the point being, there is not actually a limit on the size of an extra-dimensional space. Like, there are the known spells that we have access to, and then there is, you know, the demiplane spell, there is the Magnificent Mansion spell, which again, 5,000 square feet of space, but it doesn't even have to stop there. And we're not even in getting into Homebrew yet. I'm still sticking with all rules as written. Because in Waterdeep Dragon Heights, there is, well, there's something a little bit more. An extra-dimensional sanctum. So a extra-dimensional space that Again, they actually do describe specifically as a demiplane. So exactly where the line between those is, is more than a little bit blurred. And this is a massive, massive space with more than a dozen rooms. Big, big, big area. Layout, magic-y shenanigans going on all over the place in this. So you can canonically here incorporate larger extra-dimensional spaces and again as far as i am aware there isn't really any kind of limit on what should be possible here so now let's lean a little more into the homebrew side of things so mitch can you think of any other implications or uses of a larger extra-dimensional space prison Absolutely, you could absolutely do that. And actually, going back into uh, the magic items side of things, that is another one that I also had purposefully skipped over because there is an item called the Mirror of Life Trapping, which is a very rare magic item that has just extra dimensional cells that creatures can get trapped in. But just making use of you know a larger just set of extra-dimensional spaces for the sake of a prison would be really effective. Actually, come to think of it, 
Do you remember reading a while back about something called the birdcage? No. Worm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was in a volcano, though. Well, that's the thing. It was purposely kept mysterious as to where it was. More or less. So there's a web novel called Worm that I got Mitch to read a couple of months ago that is a pretty cool story. But one thing that they actually did really well, well, not well, but an interesting idea that was had was that, okay, if you have a bunch of superpowered individuals, how the hell are you going to have like a jail for them where they could just, you know, blow it up or do all kinds of other crazy shit. So what they decided to do then was to make this just one prison that the worst of the worst would all get sent to. But they purposefully kept them ignorant as to what the actual defenses of the prison were and basically convinced all of the prisoners that you are in a prison that is for all intents and purposes it like a bird cage like the old timey kind of like metal cage that just hung from a hook so that if anyone were to try to break the walls of the prison then that would actually expose to the vacuum that the prison is surrounded by and everyone would die. If you were to actually break the latch that holds up the prison, then the entire thing would fall and everyone would die. So given the fact that most of that you know, was proven as to be true, so it wasn't just a bluff to hold them in, so you could make use of an extra dimensional space. So this was also a prison that was described as like there had to be some kind of, you know, space shenanigans going on because there just wasn't enough physical space in the location that this place allegedly was. So then that makes it so that, okay, if you do have everything just in an extra dimensional space, then you're not making use of the actual location. So you can't break into it from the outside you can't break out of it from the inside like the actual description of it really did a fairly good job of explaining okay yeah there's good reason that none of these guys would be able to escape like even when you do factor teleportation into it like that's one of the big so this is where the extra dimensional part of extra dimensional space really comes into effect so honestly i probably should have talked about this earlier i apologize i got distracted so, extra dimensional space means that it is not actually on the material plane. That the item or spell is, for all intents and purposes, a portal into the space of another dimension. Extra dimensional. So, this does have quite a few effects on things and people in an extra dimensional space. First things first. Because you're not on the material plane, if someone casts a divination spell that is like, oh yes, you can find any creature or object as long as it is on the same plane, you're not on the same plane. So you are immune to all types of scrying as long as you are on that other or in that other dimension. So any divination that is limited to same plane flat out cannot find you or an object so if you have an object that you're trying to hide that you have possession of 
keep it in a bag of holding and it cannot be scried. If you have a person that you're trying to hide, keep them in an extra dimensional space, preferably a magnificent mansion. But it is an amazing defense from scrying. And honestly, that alone is a massively underappreciated convenience for what this can allow. So if you also consider, you know, the hermit wizard, if you have a hermit wizard in a wizard tower, well, then there's the wizard tower. So that makes a location, a thing where they can be found. If you do just have a wizard just make use of a permanent magnificent mansion, then they have all the food they ever want forever. They have a good amount of space for whatever they want to research or do. And again, it's an extra dimensional space. So they cannot get scried on. They cannot be easily found because the one portal to get in is invisible while it's in use. So it really should be more of a thing in a D&D world, honestly. And the fact that it's not is perplexing. Because, again, it is known that I am overly logical when it comes to D&D and other things, too. But, yeah, this is known. But at the same time, I really do feel that extra, like the consequences of extra-dimensional spaces don't get thought about. It. So, another useful thing, besides just prison... Okay, Mitch, what do you think would be the ideal situation to assist people who are just down on their luck and on the streets. You mean like a homeless shelter? Yeah. Magical homeless shelter mansion. Magical homeless shelter. And again, if you do just, you know, set it up more barracks style than mansion style, just like tweak the layout a bit, which you canonically can do with that spell, then you can just have hundreds of people and just help them, feed them. And again, because it is all conjured, this is something that wouldn't be a long-term expense for this, you know, the city or state that this is taking place in. So even if you do have assholes who complain about expense, well, they have even less ground to stand on in this situation because everything that is needed is conjured. And even if you do also have the types of assholes who say like, oh, you know, it's not worth it. They'll just, you know, make it you know, dirty or blah, 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 insert asshole rant here. I don't even know what they actually say because I don't want to know such people. But anyway, the point being, you can help hundreds of people, and especially if you do make use of, you know, a permanent version of this, like you can help hundreds, thousands of people with this because they don't have to worry about a roof over their head. They don't have to worry about keeping food in their belly. There are all of the, you know, the magical servants that float about in this kind of place that can help them, you know, help with, you know, clothes, help with just not having to worry about, you know, housekeeping requirements just to be able to just get back on their feet, to get whatever they need, to get a new, you know, to get a job, to get, you know, supplies like maybe you know someone just wants to be an artist and wants to just not have to worry about earning money enough to keep you know a normal place and like maybe you actually do have like hipster districts of these extra-dimensional spaces where you have people that just don't want to make a typical lifestyle and just want to just 
enjoy a calm, quiet life. Like you could do that with these extra dimensional spaces so easily that like, can you see why I say this would be a world changing thing? Yes. <laughs> and it's just, it's so interesting to me to just think about all of the repercussions of it because, okay, let's now go a little bit silly with it. If you scale it up even farther, like, let's just say that you have some collection of just very powerful magic users or just like some stupid number of weaker magic users that all just work together for some like large magical project. And imagine if you made an entire extra dimensional city, like what would be like the pros and cons of such a place existing? Well, it'd probably be really hard to find the door to the building you're looking for. But again, like if you're saying it's just to the city, so the city gate would be the extra dimensional no. portal. Like uh-huh. it's not like I'm not saying an invisible city that would be tricky. Yeah, I was thinking of like you know like five thousand yeah. just extra dimensional buildings. No, 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 no. Just <laughs> a, just a city that was in an extra dimensional space. That'd be dope, wouldn't it? Like that'd be so interesting to think about because also because it is a plane of its own. Maybe the magic users are even able to just set the weather all the time. So you might have just this horribly inhospitable location on the outside and it's just a bunch of people that just want to be left alone to their own devices so you have just like thousands and thousands of people just in this extra dimensional city and then like okay yeah you need to just like trek through the tundra to get to the city gate where this is and again if you do consider like let's say this is like a ninth level version of magnificent mansion that is like what is used to make such a place so it conjures up all the food that the city needs like it has the invisible servants that take care of you know all the cleaning trash collection you know whatever miscellaneous tasks need to get done like i'm surprised that this is never done like usually if you have like the magical city in your D world it typically is like a floating city like seems to just be the default thanks to you know warcraft dollar n so you just typically will see a floating city be the magic place but honestly i think it'd be a really cool interpretation of just having like the high magic city be an extra dimensional space so it leaves zero visible impact on its actual physical location because it is just the door the gate that is the actual portal into the extra dimensional space so magically speaking like yeah this is definitely into the territory of homebrew but they do show that all of this is theoretically possible with existing D magic you know i i just thought of a drawback to that magical city with oh only one invisible entrance. Let's say somebody knows where it is and they decide to put a mountain on top of it. Suddenly nobody can leave that magical city very easy. Yeah, that would be troublesome. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they teleport or whatever, maybe. Yeah, I mean, someone there would should be able to do the teleport out. <laughs> I would hope so. Still, it would uh, kind of put a damper on things. It would, but again, that would also require someone knowing where the exact location of the entrance is. Like somebody you exiled from your city because he was a dick. Yeah, exile is just not a good actual plan. Just 
kill them or don't, but exile is just a bad idea. Yeah, especially when you're exiling them, them from your back. secret temple or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially if you're exiling from a secret place, that is yeah doubly true. Then it's just a terrible idea to just let them leave because yeah, you think that they're not going to get angry and tell someone or plan something. That's just poor planning. Anyway, in summary, way more than just having the typical bag of holding or going even farther to something like you know Hermione Granger's beaded bag extra dimensional spaces are capable of a lot it can hold all of your stuff it can hold an entire house but with some creative thinking it can do even more than that and i highly suggest just making more use of extra dimensional spaces in your dnd world Thanks for listening to this episode of Riffs and Rules. Please leave us a review and give us five stars on iTunes. Also, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Tiers start as low as a dollar, and even that much really helps us out. Supporters get benefits such as behind-the-scenes content, early access to episodes, access to a monthly hangout where you'll be able to chat with the cast, and even input on Riffs and Rules topics. Find us on social media on Twitter at Podcast, on Facebook as Riffwake, on Reddit, on the subreddit, r slash Podcast, and you can send us an email, riffsandrules at gmail.com. That's riffs, A-N-D, rules at gmail.com. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.